right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got NBA on TNT and NBA TV host and reporter Jared Greenberg. Jared, how's everything going for you? Great, Zach. Uh, a couple of weeks away from the season, so I'm all fired up to finally get back to basketball after a short break. How long were you in the bubble? 82 days. Wow. <laughs> what, 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 how, what was the process to kind of get a, get settled, and then how long did it take for, until you could kind of like walk around? Yeah, it was crazy, man. Um, feels like forever ago. Um, you know, the I guess it was early July. I went in, and for the first seven days, uh, you don't leave your hotel room except for uh, five minutes a day to go get a COVID test, and they delivered all the meals to you. You're sitting in your hotel room. The the cool part about it for me as as a hoops junkie, uh, that's when the preseason or you know the yeah. kind of exhibition games yeah. started. So for me, that the, the saving grace was I had basketball on TV from noon until midnight every day, which kind of saved me. But um, I guess, you know, from going through quarantine, being at home here in Atlanta where I live, uh, the four months leading up to it kind of prepared me for that. So that that part of it wasn't too bad, the seven days. Um, and it also let you know how serious the league was taking it, um, how stringent the, the protocols were. Uh, and then once I completed those seven days and, and got my enough negative tests to get out of quarantine, you kind of felt like you you broke free and, and you were on to the campus, which was still a pretty confined space. Uh, but it ultimately, you know, you felt a little guilty because it's it, it felt like the, the safest place on earth, really, uh, with the, the constant COVID tests. Everyone had to wear a mask. You know, it, it was almost ridiculous. I. I I don't think of the 82 days or at least the days that I was on camera, I went a day without somebody sending me a tweet saying, yo, dude, why, why do you still have a mask on when you're on camera <laughs> when you're getting tested every day and everyone is safe? And the whole point of it was, I think, twofold. Number one, they wanted like redundancy in making sure that everyone was extra safe in case somebody slipped through because yes. negative testing, as we know, you know, doesn't necessarily mean you're always negative, yeah. right? Because the moment the moment you test, you're then subjected yeah. to it again. It, you know, there's a, a, that space and time. And then the other part of it, too, was optics. I think it was to set an example for the rest of the country and the rest of the world that, hey, this is this is how we're doing it. If, if you know, if we're asking you to wear a mask out there in public, we, we should be doing the same. So ultimately, it was it was. Um, certainly one of the strangest experiences of my life, Zach, but it was also one of the coolest, uh, some of the interviews I got to yeah. do and the opportunities and to be one of the select few in there, uh, was just something I'll never, I'll never forget. And I, I appreciate, you know, immensely that I got that opportunity. Did it start out feeling like, okay, this is going to be forever or did it fly by? Um, so for me, it was a little weird <clears throat> because my assignments with, with Turner sports kept on yeah. changing. So yeah. My initial time frame, to be truly uh, perfectly transparent with you, was I was only supposed to be there through August, I think, initially. And then before I even got out of quarantine, they extended me to the middle of September. And then a couple of weeks, uh, maybe about a month later, I found out that I would stay through the NBA finals, which we knew would be the middle of October. Yeah. So for me, it was like a, a weird mind trick because I didn't always, I, I, my, the goalposts kept on getting moved yeah. on me yeah. on when my end date would be. 
Uh, the, the weirdest part of it was, you know, I don't know if you want to get into it, but the weirdest part of it was the, 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 the work stoppage those three days, yeah. uh, because there was such a swing of emotion over the course of those three days of whether we were going to go home, right. Whether yeah. this thing was not going to work and we yeah. were going to go home. And then the other part of it too, was how long does this go if we return to play and how does that affect the end date of when the finals would end? So, it, yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was an emotional roller coaster yeah. being there. No, because I remember when the work stoppage started, I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, is this going to be a couple of days, or they're going to like wait until after the election? So I'm like, right. they're going to try to try to get people to vote. I'm like, is, is this right. is did did you have any did you did you think at any point the season's over? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially that night. Uh, when we were hearing a lot of rumors that, um, you know, players wanted to go home. Yeah. And, you know, to be, to be honest with you, there's, and, and I don't know this as fact from anybody from the league office or anything, yeah. but I think we all as NBA fans can, can safely assume this. There is a certain number of players and it's a select group, but if there's, if any one of those or more than one of those from the select group of players had said, you know what, this is not for me. Yeah. Well, then not only would there be a domino effect of other yeah. players following them, I also don't know how much this benefits the league from operating. Because yeah. if you don't have the certain star power that the NBA needs to draw ratings, and even, you know, there was all this issues with ratings being down and all that stuff. But, but you know, you could complain about the ratings all you want. Yeah. They would crash if you didn't yeah. have some of these guys who we all know who they are. If any one of them decided to go home, we would we would have to end the season. Yeah. So, so if LeBron opted out and Jared Dudley said, all right, I got this. I don't know if they're right. beating Miami. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So does it feel like the offseason, the offseason has flown by? I feel like it's what, what, what yeah. from what date did the do you, do you know how long it's been since the Lakers were like, champions? It was like October 13th or October 12th. I think something like that. Yeah. So it's only been like less than 60 days or so since then. Um, yeah. It's felt weird. I mean, the weirdest part for me, you know, this is now my 10th year uh, at Turner sports. Yeah. And for me, you know, we're, I'm such a creature of habit where, <clears throat> you know, I know what happens at the end of the season. Yeah. The, the craziest thing for me t in a typical year, the busiest part of my calendar year is from the NBA finals through summer league yeah. because I do the NBA finals. Then I fly to New York, do the draft. Then I fly back to Atlanta, cover free agency. Then I fly to Vegas and do summer league. Uh, and then this particular summer, we would have, I would have flown back to Atlanta to get ready to cover the Olympics yeah. from, from our studio. So, you know, now that I'm back from the end of the season, I'm like, all right, when am I going to Vegas? How come it's cold out? Like, you know, like it's just, it's just like weird stuff like yeah. that that messes with your mind. Yeah. No, my first thought was when they said, all right, we're restarting in July. I said, no, that's when Summer League is. Right. I, I don't exactly. think anybody else was thinking that. I'm thinking like right. Summer League, like how are we going to see Peyton Pritchard? So right. let's go. Yeah. yeah. So um, in your opinion, um, which team won free agency? Wow. Um well, let's call it the off season instead. Right. Of, do you mind if we call it the yeah. off season? Yeah. Because I think, you know, I, I think with what happened with some of these trades, um, you know, with uh, 
with with some of the coaching changes and some yeah. of the GM changes. Um, you know, I think I've been stunned by how good the Lakers have been with their front office because I've been yeah. incredibly critical of of Rob Palenka and the job that he did yeah. to begin. Uh, I think that they did a sensational job. Yeah. Um, and I think the I think the Phoenix Suns did a great job. Um, I think the New Orleans Pelicans did, did a great job, although it, it probably is more of a long-term effect than a, a short-term effect. Um, trying to think who else I think really had a great, uh, oh, and, and the other one is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, here where I am in Atlanta, they've been, they've been preparing to be a spender in free agent for yeah. years. And there's been a, a combination of things. Number one, like so many places, they haven't been seen as a destination where players yeah. wanted to go. And number two, they didn't necessarily want to overspend and commit and lock themselves into, let's call it B-level or C-level free agents, thus taking them out of the mix for A-level free agents once that became available. And I think they did a great job of developing some young talent, yeah. having that cap space and becoming more of an attractive uh, place to play. And, you know, I don't think anybody is, is saying the Hawks are going to compete no. uh, for a championship or even for a top four seed in the East. But I think some of the pieces that they added and particularly some of the young pieces that they've added here, I think are, are just sensational. Absolutely. No, are they still paying Joe Johnson or is that, is that done? I think the Brooklyn's still paying him. <laughs> I know Detroit's still paying Josh Smith. So yeah, exactly. Do you, the, the one thing everybody, everybody was very high in the Gallinari signing and then they brought in yeah i'm gonna butcher his name do you think that hinders they just selected uh cam reddish last year do you think that provides what do you think that does to yeah. cam reddish and and deandre uh, hunter too yeah. um I uh, I, was on the team yeah they're they're incredibly deep and yeah. and i think you know i think it allows them to figure out some things here you know and I, I, I just, they know they need to get better defensively. And, and I think they were hoping DeAndre Hunter would be a little more impactful. Um, and I think bringing in a guy like Chris Dunn, which is an underrated I forgot uh, signing. Him. Yeah. Chris Dunn is, you know, and Rondo. has got and, and Rondo, but I would say more, more so from the Chris Dunn standpoint has got the chance to be the perfect complimentary piece to Trey Hunt, uh, Trey Young, because the, the biggest issue with Trey Young here is number one, he doesn't play that great of defense. He doesn't, often try and, but he's also undersized. But then the other part of it too, is teams go at him. And, and now the opposing point guard, once Chris Dunn gets healthy here from a little minor injury as he's going to take that responsibility away from Trey young every single night of having to guard, you know, Chris Dunn is going to be a first team, all defensive player in this league in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, I, I think the, some of those moves, but yeah, I, I, I would imagine that Tra Travis Lank here is not done, whether it's DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish or, or John Collins, or, uh, even, you know, let's not forget, uh, um, uh, Clint Capella, they got, you know, does he fit into the mix here or is he, uh, you know, now trade me? I think they should bring back Ivan Johnson, kind of beef up that front court. Absolutely. Where, yeah. where was he banned from? He got in trouble. One China, of I think. China, he got into it with like a ref or something. And they said you're out of the league. I'm like, yeah, him, and, him and Ant, him and Antich were the best backup front court in my opinion in Atlanta history. Well, um, Antich was like the first the first center that started shooting threes. <laughs> he was, and then and then Pekovic started shooting, and then he stopped. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's incredible. And then, so, do you think the Hawks could be this year's Heat? No, 
No. I yeah. Um, I don't know that they're ready for that. Uh, I you know the the East is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah. You know, I think people kind of always overlook the East, and yeah. you know you have Milwaukee, you have Boston, uh, you have Miami, obviously, and then you've got Toronto, Philadelphia. And then that wild card team, which could win a championship this year, is Brooklyn. Yeah. You know, so there's, uh, I would say the East is five to six deep of teams that could be really, really good this year. I, I think that, um, you know, the Hawks are going to be good. I would imagine the Hawks make the playoffs. I, they yeah. can't be this year's Heat. Interesting. What do you think that, what did you think of the Russell Westbrook John Wall swap from last night? I don't get it on either side. I, I just don't, um, you know, I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan, you know, the, uh, you being in DC, you know, this better than I, but there was so much talk over the years of what the true relationship was between Bradley Beal and John Wall. Bradley Beal proved the last couple of years, particularly this past year, that he is an elite scorer in this league. There's, there's no question about that. Now, that didn't always translate to wins, so we could talk about empty numbers or whatever it may be. But um, if, 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 if any of those rumors were true, that Bradley Beal did not enjoy playing with John Wall, I am not sure how he is going to like playing with a guy like Russell Westbrook, who has, has never considered time and situation into his decision-making in the history of his, him playing basketball. Give Russell Westbrook credit for playing hard and showing up every night, and I do that, and but he's a dude who doesn't, when he doesn't have the ball, he's got cement bricks, uh, cement blocks on his feet. You know, people talk about him being a hard defender. Watch him when, 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 when he's defending off the ball, he doesn't move. Uh, and then John Walter Houston, I'm just confused on what the Rockets are doing there. Uh, I, I, I get the fact that they're going to get hopefully a first round pick, which has got a lot of protections on it. Ultimately, you know, could go down the road. The Rockets are, are desperate for, for first round picks, but um, I'm just, I'm confused on why these two teams swap these two guys. Is Bill O'Brien running the Rockets front for office now? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you, you reunite wall with boogie. We don't know what boogie's going to look like. No. And then Harden, we don't know what that, what, what that's going to look like. I don't even know who's yeah. on the team anymore. I think they have the Eric Gordon. Is Ryan Anderson still there? No, <laughs> <laughs> but Gerald Green's back. What about Chuck Hayes? They get Chuck Hayes back. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, that's interesting. I feel like it's just like a big money swap, like because the teams weren't trading with anyone else unless they were just like giving away half the team. And you're not giving away half the team for John Wall. He's had heel surgery. He had the interesting video over the summer, and then he just coming off an Achilles tear. So I I don't know. Do you who do you think has the higher ceiling of the two teams? Houston? No, I I still think Washington because I, I still like the pieces around Russell Westbrook. And that's the thing, you know, you think about Russell Westbrook's best years. He's had when he is far and away the best player on the team. And there's not that other guy who can be the number, a clear defined number two, which hasn't resulted in postseason success. Yeah. Uh, you know, up until this past year, uh, Russell Westbrook's never won a playoff series without Kevin Durant. Yeah. Um, never, you know, not in his MVP year. He lost in the first round. So I, I think Beal, whatever his future is, uh, obviously, you know, the, I love, uh, Denny Avdia, the, the draft pick. I love Rui Hachimura. Um, you know, I think there are some pieces there 
uh, bringing back Bertans at a, probably a price higher than yeah. you needed to. But, yeah. uh, you know, in order to keep guys like that in, in places like DC, you got to do that right now. So I, I think the team is going to be pretty competitive. There's no question about that. The other part about Westbrook too is, man, he's got so many knee issues. Um, and I know, you know, he's still healthier than John Wall is, yeah. but you, you got to hope that Russell Westbrook um, can stay on the court. Yeah. And does Gilbert let him wear zero? That's another storyline nobody's talked about. So <laughs> that's, that's a great one. Yeah. And then, so one other thing I want to ask you about is I think the, honestly, the, I thought the biggest news of the draft wasn't any of the 60 players that were taken. It was Clay Thompson's injury. Were, oh, were no you, do you think there's any thought they thought about blowing it up? I, I don't know. Um, because I, I still think this team, you know, has, has some really good pieces. Um, and, and I still think, you know, We'll, we'll compete for a playoff spot. I I hate talking about this because it sounds like I'm whining about it, but I, I feel like people have forgotten how great Steph Curry yeah. was. And, you know, I don't know. Listen, they're not going to compete for a championship this year without Klay Thompson. I thought with Klay, they absolutely could. But um, I, I still think that Steph is not only going to be great this year, but he's got a couple of years ahead of him still in his prime here. So there's no need to blow it up. And, and I love what they did with the pick of, of, of Wiseman. You know, I don't know that much uh, about what Wiseman can bring to the table right away, but I think that's part of the luxury here is that he doesn't have to be in the starting lineup opening night against Brooklyn. He, he can be a guy that comes off the bench and if he needs some time to, to develop, that's fine. And then, you know, now you're looking at next season as a year that you can go for with a, a really loaded team. I've got a hot take for you. You're not going to hear it anywhere else, but when it happens, you're going to be like, I can't believe he was right. Andrew Wiggins is an all-star this year. I've heard some people talk about Andrew Wiggins for most improved player this year. I heard somebody today, I saw somebody said Sekou Dumbaya for most improved player. I'm like, I don't remember him playing last year. So yeah, he had had a great couple of weeks with Detroit last year. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so one, I'm going to go quick with you. Top three teams in the East that intrigue you the most. That intrigue me the most. Um, well, number one's always going to be um, number one's going to be Philadelphia because they've, they've got to figure it out. And we know how trigger happy Daryl Morey is to pull a trade. So whatever he says right now, you don't listen to. Uh, what will he learn prior to the trade deadline this year or prior to the draft, uh, you know, in June uh, or whenever the draft is in July that, leads him to move one of Simmons or Embiid. Will something happen? Uh, the other team is Brooklyn. You know, everybody's hyping up. I just heard Karis LeVert this morning say that, you know, the league missed Kevin Durant the last uh, last season, and, and he's back to being his old self. Again, another injury thing. Not just Durant, but can Kyrie stay healthy? You know, and, and what will, will, will the Nets still be in the mix for this Harden deal, which I hope they don't do. Uh, so I would say them. Uh, third intriguing team. Um, it's got to be Milwaukee. Um, just because we're we're now waiting on, and I hope by the time you post this, <laughs> I don't ruin it, and we haven't heard. But you know, will will Giannis sign the supermax? Will he end all that speculation? Uh, I think that he doesn't. But even though he doesn't sign it, doesn't mean that he wants to leave. I think there's financial reasons why he waits. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure now. Uh, Mike Budenholzer just said. Uh, today that he doesn't believe that uh, he doesn't believe in championship or bust. Um, I can understand why a coach would say that, but I also, I like coaches and teams who embrace the pressure and embrace the moment 
uh, and the opportunity they have. And I think Milwaukee's under the gun this year, whether Giannis signs or not, even if Giannis signs to stay for five years yeah. in the next couple of days, Milwaukee now still has that pressure on them. Giannis yeah. still has that pressure on him to get to an NBA finals and compete for a championship. Yeah. And then with the Knicks, I think it's the biggest mistake they've made in years by trading for Ed Davis and then moving on from him less than a day later without seeing what they had. Um, <laughs> you had that I, one I, in your back pocket, didn't you? I had it. I had it. I texted my friend who's a Knicks fan. I'm like, you, you got, got rid of him for second rounders. It's Ed Davis. I, I don't know anybody that can name every team he's been on. And I, yeah, the, it's interesting. And then what about in the West? What about the three teams that kind of pique your interest the most outside of the two? Well, the LA, the Lakers, because the Clippers, we don't know what's going on. Apparently, I found out yesterday that Kawhi Leonard lives in San Diego, which is a yeah. hell of a drive. So what outside of the Lakers, who are three teams that intrigue you out West? I think the Suns, number one. Can Chris Paul work his magic? Can he do to Phoenix what he did to Oklahoma City this past year? I think Dallas is another where Porzingis is going to start the season hurt. We saw flashes, you know, where he was really good, but continues to be a problem with him being hurt. And and can Luca take that next step? He went from rookie of the year to being in the MVP conversation for most, most of the season. Um, and then I think third, I'll pick the Rockets just from the standpoint of, you know, wh- what are they going to do with, with James Harden? And is he going to make life miserable for that organization for not trading him? You don't think Dort can carry the Thunder into the playoffs? Well, uh, maybe, 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 maybe him. Were you at that game in Game Seven? Uh, of which? Dort, with with uh, with the, was it was it Houston OKC when Dort had the game of the year? I don't think I was. I don't oh. think I did that game. Oh. I was going, I was, but I remember I, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Most electric game of the year. I'm like, all right, we have a new star in this league. And then I just got, <laughs> I just got w- one last question for you. Um, so I know they've announced the first half of the season. The second half is TBD. Do you think there's any chance the second half of the season is in a bubble? Sure. Uh, sure. There's a chance. Um, I, I just, you know, it all comes down to, to, they, they say health and safety is number one. Really, it's it's economics and yeah. and 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 the finances of the league. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the league needed to get those games played this past yeah. year, so they were willing to lose even more money um, to to make a little bit of money. It's just so tough. I I would highly doubt it. I think things would really truly have to fall apart. And the hope is with uh, not only enhanced testing yeah. but the vaccine that's coming out. Yeah that we won't need to come, come to that. But I would highly doubt it. But from what, what we've all learned about 2020, I, I don't think I'll ever say never, ever again about anything. <laughs> what, what's the, what's the most, the, the biggest standout thing outside of the tragic news of Kobe, what, what was the thing you took away most from the last season? How freaking crazy it was. Um, like the 30 no. for 30, if they did one thing in 2020 that went out of the radar, like I remember, I remember a couple of years ago, it was Rob Belinka telling the story about how Kobe met Heath Ledger three years after Heath Ledger passed away. That was the thing I kind of took away the most. Like, I don't know how, you, I don't know how you pull it off. This is the best agent in the world, but <laughs> like, is there, is there anything like at last year, was it Lou Williams with the wings that there's anything like that? Just like, Oh, this, this is, this is, gonna, I'm going to remember this forever. By the way, Magic City is now selling uh, sweatshirts for Christmas if you want to buy one. They ship them? They do, yeah. All right, I can get them. 
missed out. It was actually Monday. No, yeah, yeah. Cyber Monday. Yeah, it was anything. Is it any? Was anything? Did you kind of just change your opinion, or anybody that you thought like, all right, this guy just took the next step. We, we've got a, a future star in this league. Oh, Luca, Luca, and I think Luca. I think you know. I hope I hope people read into the release of the Christmas Day schedule properly. Uh, this is not about oh Dallas has a chance to compete with the Lakers, so that we're going to put Dallas against the Lakers. Yeah. No, this is our number one star of the league, LeBron, against the guy who might be carrying the mantle next or the guy who's number two. Uh, Luka Doncic is a worldwide phenomenon right now, yeah. and he is taking the, the NBA by storm, and he's, he's that good. Um, you know, quick story about the bubble with Luka. Uh, Rick Carlisle told me this story, and, and I was involved in it too. Um, when, when Luka hit that game-winning shot against the yeah. Clippers – uh, where you got the Mike Breen rare double bang. Um, I was sitting in my hotel room on the campus in the NBA bubble, which is which was about a 10-minute drive from the Wild World of Sports where they were playing the games. And you just heard people erupt. And Rick Carlisle uh, told me that he got a call from a fellow GM, I think it was, somebody else in the league or another coach, I'm not sure who, but said he was in the big tower of the hotel and that everybody just went nuts as soon as Luca hit it. And it was so weird. Like you never get that experience in a city where there's a game going on and all the other NBA teams are sitting at home watching the game together, yeah. you know, in their hotel room. That's wild. That's a good one. Well, the last, last question to the Lakers repeat. I don't, I don't see how they don't right now, but I also think that there's going to be some more wildness. And uh, I think the Nets are going to have something to say about it. I think Boston's going to have something to say about it. And I'd like to see Milwaukee have something to say about it. And, yeah. and heck, in the West, I mean, the Clippers better have something to say about it, right? Like, they, they better be better. Yeah. I don't know why they traded Shannon. That was the one I was like, what are you doing? That, that was that was kind of weird. Huh? But yeah. I think that they, they felt they needed more of a playmaker in Kennard. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really appreciate you taking the time. Um, how can people find you on social media, keep up with you? And then uh, when when is the is, – is the 22nd is the first day of the regular season? Yeah, first day of the regular season, the twenty December 22nd, TNT has a, has a doubleheader. Um, not sure of what my assignments will be yet on TNT, but I'll be on NBA TV all leading up to the start of the season doing team previews. And, and you can follow me at Jared S Greenberg on Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, you know, whatever, uh, other social media outlets you have.
I've got nothing left 